listening to Make It, a podcast by Banzai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Buggs. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk week, and that means I'm here with my good friend and co-founder of Bonsai Creative, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, hello. What's up, podcast folks? What's up, Chrissy B? What's going on, brother? Everything, man. Literally everything. It's all going on. What is what is going on in your life? What is happening? What what's new? No, everything, man. It's like, um, it's, what's, what's really crazy is that like, this is film festival season, yeah. you know, and you know, you've been for holding it down. Yeah. I mean, I mean for us, but for all the festivals that are, you know, working real hard and you know, we've had a lot of conversations with festival folks these days, you know, we've got some folks on the podcast coming up or we've actually already had, uh, we've got some, you know, festivals that we're going to be involved in. There's just, there's a lot of movement. Right. There's a lot going on. They're doing it virtually. They're doing it in person. You know, there's this whole hybrid environment that's happening right now that we're staying busy in, which is awesome. Um, aside from that, like I was telling you earlier, I'm about um, about ways deep in that Tennessee whiskey. It's OK, though. You know, what I'm saying like it's all good because, you know, our our heart is in uh, in Tennessee. I may be up in Maryland, you know, East Coast representing. But, uh, you know, we got a lot of love for our folks in the Nashville area and, you know, every, yeah, and worldwide, but every once in a while, you know, I have to say, I have to admit that, um, you know, Sir Jack, Sir Sir Jack Daniels, you know, will call upon me and, you know, he and I will hang out and tonight we hung out. So two whiskey stories. One, there is a whiskey in uh, out of Chevyville, Tennessee, okay. called Uncle Nearest. If I'm That's not mistaken, right. it, Uncle Nearest is correct. I hope it's, uh, well, I don't know if it's Chevyville, but I think it is. And Uncle Nearest is is the is sort of the spinoff of Jack Daniels. No, 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 right? no, no, nope, right, nope, no, nope. no. You're going to correct me on this. I'm going to correct you on that, bro. Because well, it's not this. Well, it, let me finish. I, let me finish because you, you you're <laughs> taking umbrage with the term the spinoff. spin-off. Correct. But the point is, is that. As as history has shown us, mm. the many successes of the white entrepreneur. There's usually a Negro right behind. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you pick, pick a great white man, Elvis Presley. Right, Sears. right, right. Yeah, Sears without Roebuck. Roebuck. <laughs> Sears. Yeah. Sears. Sears was, right, a, right. was one of those dudes in New York with the watches in his jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Some of those right, streets right. hustling. Uh-huh. Roebuck was the inventor. Right, right, right. I he was you. the he was the business dude. So yeah, Uncle Nearest. No one ever saw that dude's face. Uncle There's Nearest. No, go, go try to find a picture of Roebuck. <laughs> yeah, right. You will not find one because his ass purpose. was black. That's on purpose. Okay, and now you have Jack Daniels. We love Jack Daniels in Tennessee. Yes, but, we do. As it turns out, as it turns out, he got that recipe from one of his, was it a a worker or a slave? No, he's a worker. He was a worker. He's a worker, and it was, and I and I do believe a highly trusted worker. You know, mm-hmm. 
advisor, if you will, in this game, right? So, you know, I think he was an integral part of the process, uh, but also knew his station, right? And understood that at that time, he couldn't be the face of that whiskey, right? Yeah. It had to be, you know, Sir Jack. So, um, you know, he took his place, but his family decided to step up and say, hey, look, you know, we're going to take the recipe. We're going to take our history, right? We're going to take our legacy. Yes. I mean, yeah, you preach, right? Look at you, man. Said, Amen. Mm -hmm. And we are going to bring it to Uncle Nearest and we are going to put it out there. And it's deliciousness, bro. Like I have, I got a bottle, you Uncle know, I'm Nearest not going to lie. very good. Yep. And it's, it, I guess history always allows these things to come out. I mean, there's part of it though that I guess is well-funded with, with tremendous marketing. That's just mm -hmm. part of running a business. I, I hope that doesn't embitter people to the story. But no, the it, story is it, real and it's the but family. The story so. is, but the story is, is yes, exactly. Yep. The, the story is, is definitely real. The second whiskey story is about a whiskey. Now this is not a bourbon, but a, but a Irish whiskey, I believe called McConnell's. And some people might know that are really close to us might know that there's a gentleman who reads for us our scripts because right. we, despite the way it might feel, and maybe it does feel like it's really small, but we are a very small operation here. We are a small <laughs> company. There is no way we can read all these screenplays. And so one of the people that reads for us is a guy named Jason McConnell, who's a writer. And he also reads and lets us know like scripts are good or bad. So imagine his excitement when he finds that not only uh, is there a whiskey right. named McConnell, but it's an Irish, it's, it's an, it's, <laughs> right. it's an course, imported yeah. whiskey yep. from Ireland. He's an Irish guy, has a lot of Irish pride. And here it is. So he goes and buys four, five bottles of this whiskey. Like he really just like spends more than he, than, than he wants to spend. On <laughs> right. Whiskey, right. Yeah. But he's got the whiskey and he's just, he's going to hand it out to people. Look at that. Yeah, that's right. He got his name on it. That's right. And then he tastes it and he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> he hates oh, it. He's like, not oh. a good whiskey story, oh. bro. Yeah, and, I feel and, bad for and him. you know, he brought it over. We tested it. And yeah, it's not, it's very average. Yeah, you had well, you had one of those moments where you're like, oh man, let's let's just do it. You're like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very, very average. Uh, I right. he left the bottle here. Of course, last he did. time he brought it, he left it. <laughs> it's been collecting dust until tonight. But I did have a little bit of McConnell's. Okay, Irish right. whiskey tonight. So very hopefully good. they'll come up with like a different batch, something that uh, yeah, is a little like, bit richer. Good. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a there was a warning sign. Your whiskey shouldn't be yellow. No. It, it, it was like, why is it yellow? Right. To figure that out, it was golden. No. Um, no. No. That's not yeah. cool. That's yeah. not whiskey. I don't know what that is. Well, you know, leprechaun pot of gold. Maybe <laughs> so, that was the idea, but that was the connection. Is that stereotypical? Wait, wait. 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 Are you telling me that? McConnell whiskey is actually leprechaun urine. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that what the pot of gold is? Like, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that, that gets me out of that really nicely. I think <laughs> it's a leprechaun urine. 
It's not the gold. At the end of the, it the is end the, of the gold. Rainbow. It's gold. <laughs> it's actually gold. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes. Yes. So you change your whole mindset on yeah, on it, rainbows. It, it absolutely right. did. And now I've moved. You see, you're still you're still consuming. I have moved He's on now, to uh, Defiance Water here, which nice. is uh, this is where they try to sell you. They defy limitation. Now this is just water. Yes, of course, and it's fuel, bro. Don't don't call it water. Yeah, it's fuel. It's daily hyd. No, it's not water. It's daily hydration solution. It's in right. the bottle. It's a solution. It's yes. a daily hydration solution. Yes. magnetically enhanced. What does that mean? It's <laughs> <And> <laughs> ultra purified, pH balanced water. BPA free. Hey, that's what your people are drinking who keep telling us that the magnets stick to their shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> drinking that, <laughs> drinking that, that magnetic water. Magnetic water. <laughs> and they thought it was the vaccine. Exactly. It's not the vaccine. <laughs> no, bro, it's your water. It's your water. It's your, it's your water. water. Oh God. This is this is about buying water that other people can't buy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't and I think that's stupid, but here I am with you. But I didn't. No, but I didn't. Now this is a subscription that I didn't buy. This came from a friend Mm -hmm. who has part ownership in this country named Mm. Shiva. In this country? Yeah. So shout out to Shiva if she's listening. She she lives in L.A. and she Mm. put us onto this and got us set up. And uh, we're we're wonderful testers of this because I drink this all the time. Very good. When I drink it, I'm magnetic. Yes, you are. I'm enhanced. Yes, you are. And I've seen you in action. I give bro. full props to Defiance Fuel. Shout out to Shiva. Yeah, you are you are one hundred percent magnetic, bro. I mean, you can't keep the people off you. I get it, one hundred percent. Such a magnetic it's the fuel. It's the personality. Such a magnetic personality. That's what that's that's what I'm known for in town. And speaking of uh, things that uh, don't make sense, <laughs> I want to <laughs> one of the stories that jumped out at me today. Yeah, because we've been talking about it for what since February, maybe March. Yeah, at least, yeah. Is NFTs. Now I joke a little bit because NFTs kind of make they make sense to me. They make yeah, very little sense to are. other people. Right, right. Uh, and I don't mean it in the sense of I'm confused. How does this work? Da, 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 like, right, right, right. no, I mean like. There are people confused as to what gives them the value that they have. Yep. Like what is driving the cost of these. And so this week we see the Board Ape Yacht Club getting a deal with YouTube uh, and Madonna's manager, Guy Oseri. And what's fascinating about this is that we've been advocating, Nick, mm-hmm. for months that filmmakers should take either their existing IP, film IP, whether it be a short film, animation, feature film, whatever, and turning those into NFTs, chopping them up, turning them into NFTs. I don't think it makes sense to do the whole feature film right, right. unless unless you want to license your feature film. Like, like There are apps out there on the blockchain that exist now, which didn't exist when we first started talking about this, where you do, you would, you would put your entire film on there. And then you would get those those royalties for life, but without the middleman and having to try to pull an audit from your distributor, which is, you know, a pain in the ass. Right. So but 
necessary. Right. So yep. now what's happened is that window has shut. Well, it hasn't necessarily shut, but it's flipped a little bit. And I think it's gotten gotten skinnier for independent filmmakers because now you see the big boys saying, no, no, we want to turn our NFTs into film. And so now instead of an opportunity for independent filmmakers that's just sort of organic and raw, it's now a new competitor to you, potentially. Uh, just another thing that that you're going to have to try to navigate around as a filmmaker. I think the opportunity still exists for you to make an NFT, but without anybody pumping it so the value raises up, it might just sit there on OpenSea, which is the marketplace for NFTs, and no one ever buy it. You know, never look at it. Whereas I think early on there was enough hype where people were going there and, and that something juicy that doesn't exist, right? There are no film products there early on. Like, okay, I'll be the first person to buy a film NFT the same way that early on someone wanted to be the first person to buy a basketball highlight that you could yeah, readily yeah. see on YouTube. And it's interesting though. I mean, I, I think about it. So with the representation, you know, like what are they representing? Right. Like that's, that's the big question, you know, for me right now, the IP to me. Yeah. But like, what is it? You know, cause it's, it's really confusing cause the NFT is already what it is. Right. They sold 10,000 of these NFTs. Right. Right. There's only going to be 10,000. That's it. Or they're going to create other apes. They've right. Been, but yeah, but, but so will they be clubs. representing the new NFTs or will they be representing these artists in other projects because of their success in the NFTs? So let's take it for example, uh, your social media stars, influencers, whatever you want to call them, right? That that's different. It's a whole new ball game outside of filmmaking, and we call it content, yes. right? Right? We call it something new, just like we call NFTs something new, right? So you have all these content makers. And then they get representation, right? But they don't get representation to make their content, right, in their lane. Mm -hmm. They get representation to be in film. Yeah. Right? So that's what I'm kind of curious about with Board Ape Yacht Club. It's like, what are they getting representation for? It's not for the NFTs necessarily, but maybe it's for their presence in other represented content, like film. Right. So yeah. maybe there's going to be a board ape cartoon, right? Series on Comedy Central. Almost, almost guaranteed. And I think that, like, if you look at, uh, like, let's say Addison Ray, who we talked about, yep, exactly, yep. Netflix deal. I think that's the, not to push back completely against what you said, but that, that's an example of, okay, they are actually representing everything she makes. Like they're going to put her in films and TV and things like that, but she's also got PR that's guiding what kind of things she puts out on TikTok now. Like that's just part of the machine, and I think there'll right. be a machine behind Board Ape uh, Yacht Club and the original what was it four founders of 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 the club. Look, I almost bought an ape. I almost bought an right. ape in June for yep. uh, ten grand or something. I can't remember the the number, but it. Now the ape is worth so much, it's crazy, but I couldn't justify it because it was just a JPEG of a cool yeah. looking ape. But that was a mistake. 
Well, only uh, if you can sell it. Only if you only can resell if you, it. Only, right. Only if you can find a new bag holder for it. Exactly. And and I that, that was kind of it. Like I didn't want to be a bag holder for it. And now you can go out and get them. Well, they're sold out. But before you could get them for 150 grand. And it's like, okay, I got to be a 150 grand bag holder of, of these apes. I don't yeah. know about that. But the, the totality of the apes is worth billions of dollars. I think right. two point six billion dollars or something like that. So it's it's so maybe it's working out. They have about five thousand six hundred buyers, uh, five thousand five hundred buyers, something like that. Uh, I don't know if all those are bag holders. I don't know if some of those are part of the pump and dump group. And, and do you even know? And honestly, like today, because there's so much interesting stuff. I'm just going to put it like that. Yeah. How do we know? How do we? How do you and I verify? That ten thousand were sold. The blockchain. So the blockchain no, no. is the digital ledger. So how do you those. and I yeah. verify that ten thousand were sold? We you you can to, say the blockchain. We the just, blockchain. No, 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 we just go to the ledger. It's it's online. You can see I, it. I know, but that's what I mean. That's for everyone else, right? You got to understand how to get to the ledger, right? How to read the ledger, understand yep. it, because yep. most of us can't understand. Like, what do you yeah, mean go to the so, ledger? That's what you're saying. So if you're an outsider, <laughs> it's harder. If you're an insider yeah. on this, it's very easy. You know where that ledger is. You can go find it. There exactly. are links to it. Right. Uh, you have you have a MetaMask wallet. You have a Coinbase wallet. You have a, yep. a, and you a Electrum on your desktop to, to store some of your hidden crypto away. Like, I've, I'm in this space a little bit um, more than you, but... So, so it doesn't seem foreign to me. Now, what does happen, and this is what happened um, recently with, oh my gosh, what was the, what was the company? It, it might have been CryptoPunks. Yeah, well, CryptoPunk. Uh, might have been Crypto. Might have been CryptoPunk, okay. or, or maybe someone that actually at OpenSea. It could have been at OpenSea. So basically, an employee was buying them. See this because this is where the corruption comes in, Nick. That he he was able to see what was available first before anybody else. So we've always talked about this mm -hmm. privately about how so much of the game is about front running. That's right. How much being uh, being successful in a business requires you to have some type of special, specific knowledge or forbidden knowledge or mm -hmm. both. Right. And a lot of times the forbidden knowledge is your ability to front run a market. So this guy was front running the market, could see that it was going for sale. So he'd buy it first. Then under another handle, I believe is how he did it. He would put it up for sale for more than he paid for it. Mm -hmm. And so he was profiting <laughs> off of being able to be early on the NFT. Well, he and, could be early and, on whatever. It and and by doing that, by doing that. It raised the total valuation of the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So all the prices were higher, right? And that he, he didn't get fired. I think he got reprimanded. I think he had to get fined or he had to pay something back. I don't think he got fired for that. And so, again, buyer beware, I think, a little bit because to your point, Nick, because the space is, is really new. But also understand that. If, if a service of any type is free, it's free for a reason. And so, and if it's thriving, someone is getting paid somewhere. And as a user of that service, 
it is incumbent upon you to figure out how that company is surviving if you're yeah. not paying them. It's a it's a whole, but it's it's a it's a game, right? So I look at I look at Banksy is the same thing. NFTs are digital, you know, art. Mm-hmm. Banksy's things, you know, the the recent one that was shredded is what it sold for. I think it's twenty four million. Yeah, but then why? He that, then he hit that button. Yeah, but why? Because Banksy's rare. And no, no, exactly, original but no, Banksy's rare. But it, but it doesn't matter. I can draw something right now, and it'll be the only one, bro. Yep, but you're Nick and not Banksy. And exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's like this, it's a niche, weird thing where it's, it's, it's not worth it until someone makes it worth it. Right. right. Like it's this weird thing. And that's why it's really odd to people when you have these, you know, these bored apes, 10,000 of them. And then you say it's worth a billion dollars for what? It's a JPEG of an ape digitally think, done, not even hand drawn. I think the, I think the you know name, I think the name <laughs> of the company is a wink at, at the people. Yeah, but that's the thing is that it, that's my, the people, to your point. But they're inside. We're all bored apes. But they're inside. So that's what making, I'm saying. Yeah, they're inside. The, yeah. th- this isn't people who just decided to do something. They're no. already connected. And they're like, hey, we're going to play this game on everybody else. We're going to create this crazy valuation and we're going to have some fun with it. And then we're going to get representation. It's all inside, like mm-hmm. the gates of Hollywood, the gates of, you know, that's what this is. That's why, you know, the, the regular person is like, what, what a million, two million, what, why does an ape? That's what this is. This is playing games. So I think that for me, the most important thing is for the indie filmmaker that we talk to, it's like, look, y'all gotta be prepared to compete against these folks. Like that's the deal. It's the same thing with social. It's like, well, those aren't filmmakers. Yeah. But they're getting, you know, what six plus figure deals with Netflix? Yeah, right. Not, no, not, not those content creators. Not everybody. Again, if you you know going back to Addison Ray, you know she was inside. She was picked as one of the nineteen people to live in the to TikTok live in the TikTok house. house. Right. So again, I think there are kids out there that get seriously depressed when their likes go down when Instagram shadow bans them because they use the wrong hashtag. The wrong keyword, yeah. When their TikTok has 14 views and it's really good and then somebody else's that's not so good has a million, you have to understand why that is happening. It's probably not yeah, based inside, on inside game. Your, your content. And like you said, it's a yeah. game. But, but the thing game, is that you, but, but but, that's what you're competing with. Like That's yeah. what I want, again, for me, for the independent filmmaking community, like you got to understand that you're, you're competing with them, right? Because it's all about those eyes, right? It's views on content. So the, the folks who are making social media content, they're stealing eyes and they're changing the game for what those eyes want, mm-hmm. right? Like you think about it, you take social media and then you jump back 10 years, 10 years, you and I would sit down. Now you and I are a little bit different. So let's just call us you and I general public. Yeah. You and I general public would sit down and read an article that could take us 10 minutes to read. Right? 10 minutes to read an article. 10 years later, social, man, if you can't give me that in 30 seconds, man, I got to swipe. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just too long. You know, get well, me the meat in 30 it, it, seconds. It, it, it's such a problem. It is, but it it's real, right? And the audience Right. That filmmakers are trying to go after is changing 
because the content and the delivery of that content is changing. So filmmakers have to change and shift to that. They don't have to change their game, but they have to adapt, right? So if you make 30 second content that compels somebody to watch your 30 minute film or an hour long film, that's great, right? You still made your film, but you learn how to adapt to the short form content. So think about NFTs, like what does that mean? How does that change the game? You know, what does that do for you? How do you leverage it? Don't ignore it, right? Like think yeah. about how it's impacting your industry, pay attention, and then where you can adapt and adopt it. That's that's my whole thing, just pay attention well, to what's going well, on. That's the question, that's the original question I was asking is right now, would you, because so many of these filmmakers are multi-talented, right? Mm -hmm. Is it better for you to create an NFT series and promote it and push it and then try to get a deal out of that and then make your film? Or is it still the thing to do to make your film first and turn it into an NFT? Because I, I imagine that the size of this deal, we're going to see maybe a board ape feature film that is kind of like the Ninja Turtles. Uh, you could see animation and I think they have to do it. Why? Because Disney is just blowing out every other studio right now for this year. They have over 600 million in revenue. I think the next closest might be Warner uh, or, or another group. And it's just, I think they're like, maybe 300 million below that maybe or, or 200 million below that. So, so here's an animation house animations winning the day. What if we make <laughs> are the animations series? though? Are yeah. the animations right yeah. now is JPEGs. It's stills, man. Right. But they, but they're going to turn them into animations. And, and the thing is you said earlier, 10,000 apes. Well, how do they do that? I don't know if they do. I think they pick five apes that look good together. And then it, the, the board ape movies become these five apes we follow for the next 100 years. Exactly. And, and, the plan. and, and then they're, they're going to compete with Disney. You, you got it. Yeah. Because or even remember, potentially sell to Disney. Remember, because they didn't sell all the apes. And they said that. Yeah. They had some of them that were reserved. Mm -hmm. Right. So the reserved apes would be the ones that would show up. Why? Because they have ownership. All the other apes are owned by individuals. Mm -hmm. They don't own those. Yeah. Right. Board yeah. Ape Club does not own those. They just own the money that right. those individuals paid, right? For whatever reason. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll get a, you know, something later on. But yeah, right now, you're right. They own some of those board ape designs, and those are the ones that could turn into your 2022 Ninja Turtles. It'd be crazy. But right. yeah. It's a whole yeah. new business, bro. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You're going to get graphic novels. You're going to get books. You're going to just get a, an entire variety of, of media. I think you might even see like a 2022, 2023 version of The Monkees. So the band, The Monkees, you just re-release them as the Bored Apes. As the Bored Apes. The very, their very first single is like, Hey, Hey, We're the Monkees. Right. And, you know, they pay the licensing, no big deal. And then they release the rest of them, but it's kind of like geared towards a certain group, like 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 teenage group or preteen group, and we're off to the races. Or maybe they go, maybe they they uh, do what the gorillas did and go to a larger audience. It's it's hard to say. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And like I said, it's for us right now in this market and the industry that we speak to, it's all about just pay attention. Yep. That's it. Just pay attention to what's happening. Don't dismiss it. Don't discount it. If there are opportunities for you to, you know, even like you said, like, do you do this or the or that? It's not this or that. It's this and that. Right. So you produce your film, you chop up a piece, you sell it as an NFT. Right. You do some, you know, BTS, you do your behind the scenes footage, you do your images, sell those as NFTs. Like there's so many ways to leverage it. Don't discount it. Use it in any way you can. Yep. And so speaking of, well, I would, and I'll, to put a button on that and also have a bias towards action. Yep. Like actually, what's, what's Lee Abrams say? Actually fucking do it. Do it. Yep. AFDI. AFDI. It's another acronym. Right. <laughs> that, I, so anyway, inside joke. I, I have a problem with acronyms <laughs> that don't, that we say as words. Right. That aren't actually, they don't actually spell a real word. <laughs> there are so lots you, of acronyms. So you prefer I say AFDI? Let me say AFDI. Yeah. Would I, like would that? Like, I would like, I would, I think, I think, no, I think we shouldn't say AFDI. <laughs> yeah, AFDI no, exactly. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, the way that IATSE drives me crazy and SAG AFTRA drives me crazy. But then we'll say uh, WGA, PGA, DGA. We'll say, yeah. anyway. Booga, booga, booga. Yeah. Acronyms are crazy. Who is the who is the person that is down the yellow brick road behind the curtain that says, mm. we shall say this all together? Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we shall speak each letter. It's us, man. We can say it. We can pooga booga dooga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a member of the pooga. You know what I'm saying? You remember the booga? Start a movement, bro. So, quick quick note on IATSE, the aforementioned. They strike is avoided. Yep. Who knew? I think I knew. Yeah, I think you knew. I think you knew. Here's the deal. They haven't had a strike. And I think one of the reasons why is what we talked about uh, on our last Indie Talk is that, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way, by the way. I think that some people heard that and thought that maybe I was being pejorative to the union. I'm not. I, I love crew, um, been around them, support them, giving them money through investment, production, support, mentoring, et cetera, uh, on the Indie level. So love it. Love them. Yep. But they are a union that represents the, let's say, the middle class or lower middle class of film of the filmmaking culture and society, right? Whereas the AMPTP represents the producers, the studios, the TV studios, all the streamers, right. and they have an enormous amount of power. They have a power center there that's just gigantic. And so when you say, well, they haven't had a strike in 128 years, yeah, I know. Because they don't have that type of power within their ranks to have an effective strike that that might um, that that might be effective against such a power center. What happened recently is is they sort of woke up and realized, or just got frustrated enough. Sometimes, like the pain to change has to be great enough. Right. So the pain to change got so great that they're like, "Do you know what?" If we walk out, they're screwed. 
Well, maybe they grew it big enough. I think yeah, that's they grew the big enough. Hey, yeah. th- they're screwed. And I think the other thing too is is the the thing got bigger than the thirteen, the Hollywood thirteen local, right? right? Or local thirty. So it, it was a nationwide sort of thing. Uh, PR did a great job of getting it out to all the channels, and no, for sure. So we all knew about it. Um, and they reached a resolution: three percent raise for the next three years, living wages for the lowest paid of, of crew. So you're talking about maybe um, some of the assistant roles and PA roles and things like that, uh, potentially um, in other low paying roles. Uh, no more fratter, fratter days where they're going to work Friday night and go into Saturday morning. Uh, so this is, this is good. It's a good start. I think there's a lot of undisclosed and I think it has to reach nationally, not just be in Hollywood. Um, but it's good news. But it's really great news for, and this is what I thought was really interesting. And like I said, we don't have to stay on it a long time. But I think what right. I thought was really interesting here is that there's one player out of all the players, and there's so many now in the streaming space, there is one player who is quietly going to be deeply affected by a strike. And had been quiet as a mouse the whole time. They happen to be the most powerful company in the world, arguably. Apple Plus or Apple TV has taken on a unique and different strategy, very quietly, a unique and different strategy than every other streamer. What every other streamer or SVOD does is they compile a bunch of Third-party content, and this is the Netflix model going mm-hmm. back to 2007, where we're going to license Sony's library, we're going to license this library, and we're going to license NBC's library, and people are going to watch that, and then we'll sort of, as it goes along, make some original content. So even to this day, of all the original content Netflix has made recently, which has been tremendous, 69% of its content is still third-party. Yeah, great long-term contracts done mm-hmm you know, how many years ago, right? right? Because if those third parties could get out of them now, they would. Exactly. Guess how much third-party content Apple has? 1%. So their entire nest egg rests on their ability to continue to make original content from scratch. Yeah. Whereas the other streamers, and remember, this strike was really about Netflix. So every other streamer, was well leveraged to say, you know what? They can strike. They were ready. Like like Peacock, Paramount Plus, Showtime, like all those guys were ready. HBO Max, they were ready. They were like, okay, all of our content's already made. And we stream. Right. right. And what everybody yeah. watches is already out there, so we're good. But Apple, who has invested so, so much money quietly. In original a content. A billion dollars plus in original content. Very quietly. They have the smallest library of any streamer. Oh, they'd have to. And their strategy is, is that while they go wide, we'll go deep. That's their strategy. They're, and they're hoping to win the long game. So in the short run, they're getting their asses handed to them. Yeah. But in the long game, their goal is we're going to make such good stuff that's going to win all these awards. It's going to sweep. And people will come back. And then in the long run, we'll be able to license these things because they are they are top rate, yeah, and, they are and because better it's than better, they're, I mean they're better than the best. The level of uniqueness, right? It's like I right. can't get this anywhere else because some of that content that I feel that's on 
you know, some other streamers, you can get either the same content other places or like content mm-hmm. other places. Yep. Right. That's the difference. That's a differentiating factor with Apple. It's like, no, you cannot get it. Right. You can't get anything like it. Like you just can't. And they don't have one star that's kind of driving all the viewership to their streamers. So many of the streamers are like that. Right. Like Peacock is really driven by the fact that they have the office and friends and they have friends is on HBO max. They have, it is that, and that they have um, Kevin Hart and like just a few stars that bring people and a few shows that bring people there who lose the same way when they started it was like oh we have the entire seinfeld library like that'll bring people and now it's hands made still it's uh, uh non-perfect strangers or whatever it's called yeah right yeah and in these limited series original contents like dave is a great show brings people to who and but if those people leave those networks are rendered discovery could you if Discovery ever loses the Gaines family. <laughs> Chip and Joanna. If they lose Chip and Joanna. Well, they run it now, though. Mass, they own Discovery. So mass they're not Exodus. But they own it. So they're not going anywhere. I, yeah. They better they better re-up the contract. It's like yeah. I said. If, I, no, if you're they, Discovery, yeah. write another check and add no, some no, 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 That's what I'm saying, but they own it. Yeah. Chip and Joanna own Discovery. They, they legit own it right now. So okay. it's not going anywhere. More, more equity then. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Like because yeah. with their, they, what, you don't want them to bank their equity and then go start their own Discovery. Yeah, right. Uh, which I That's, thought they were going to do, by the way. Right, which is yeah. my point. They yeah. really run the whole thing. Yeah. And all these streamers are, or a good majority of these streamers are kind of like, we have one show or two that makes you come to this network. You know, you know it's funny. So let like, me, I don't let know me what Showtime would do quick. right now without billions. Yeah, yeah, but let me let me flip it on you real quick. Shout out to Brian. Right. Cobbler. So if I, so you mentioned this the one show, right? Yeah. Is it the show that's the most compelling thing, or is it the bandwagon? Well, let's right? talk. Let, well, let's talk about because let's talk about Squid Game. Yeah, right, right. Squid Game on Netflix, I think. So it's the most popular show that Netflix has had this year, I think. In the last 14 days, it's had 26 million viewers. That's Mm -hmm. double who's next on that, which is, I think, who killed Sarah, uh, whatever that is, which because I haven't watched it. (laughs) I'm sure it's very popular. Uh, It's number two. I'm sure they've rated it that way as well. But that's the last 14 days. And I did not hear about squid game through netflix mm-hmm. i heard about it through my niece taylor who's 25 or 26 and through my oldest daughter ayana who is 22 and i think that netflix is pushing it to that group bandwagon and, and then they created a bandwagon right exactly that's the influencer group so, so that's what I'm, that's my point right is it squid game like think about it if i don't know how many Series, I don't know how many movies Netflix has. Right? A lot. <laughs> right? You can venture to say right. a lot, right? There's right. a lot and of if stuff. You got a you VPN, if you got a VPN, it just becomes T- right. TC or, or the movie channel, TMC. Yeah, yeah but you can watch a lot. Crazy. Okay. So, why out of all of the content, why is Squid Game 
so big, right? Is it because Squid Game is so good? I mean, it's good it's for very sure. Entertaining. It is. Episode it is. one when the red light green light game happens. Yes, that's usually of course. When they, that's that's probably when that's they got yes, yes. But they could have promoted anything else, right? And they do that. That's yes. no, no, no. But they could have. So my point is, is that like, is it the content? Is it or is it the game? And to me, it's the game. It's like. So you're the calling idea, the bandwagon the game. Exactly, because the idea is, is that, hey, like Bridgerton or, you know, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit is not for everybody, man. That's not something that everybody's going to get into. But you better be watching it. Why? Because it's number one on Netflix, right? Like, I had a woman so, come up to me at a party. She was intoxicated. She said, you look just like the guy from Bridgerton. Bridgerton, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, remember, yellow skin. Remember, you remember she was it. a couple deep though. But yep. look, the thing is, is that and he's it's five the, foot seven, and we're like, right. you know that. But look, it's the game, and the game is, is that we need people to feel like they're on the outside if they're not watching it. Yes, that's it. So again, you want to back it up with something that's actually good. But yeah, that's the game. It's like so one. Netflix is one. I mean, again, they they understand human psychology because they employ them to each other. Yes, but they employ these psychologists. So they create. Remember that whole top on Netflix top ten didn't exist before. That wasn't always there. Is there now? Right? Why is it there to drive you to that content? And of course, they're smart. They're not going to put crap. Social credit. Exactly. They're creating this. So then, like, okay. They're going to run it through for rates and reviews. There you go. And they're going to run it through other channels, though. Right. They run it through all, like you said, the influencer channels and they'll pay the influencers to talk about Squid Game and they can get on to these different mechanisms and put it out there and they make it. They tell you that it's number one. And because they told you it's number one, well, of course, you got to watch it, which is why when Netflix releases its data that is so tightly held, they release it in interesting ways, right? Like the, like the recent release, they released it in hours. Okay, like here, here, I'm not gonna go through the list, that's not important for the conversation, but they released their stuff and they said, what are the most viewed TV shows on Netflix? Mm. They released the top 10 series by total view hours in the first 28 days. Why? Why why the first 28 days and why hours, Mm. right? So if I watch a four hour movie versus a two hour movie, right? If you aggregate the number of times I watched a four hour movie, you aggregate the number of times I watch a two-hour movie. I could have watched the two-hour movie more times, but the four-hour movie gets the larger number of hours. So why are we doing hours? Let, let, let me hop in here. Let me hop in here because that's a bit of a game as well. It was, so it's one hundred percent a game. No, no, no. Because, <laughs> but but let me add a little little caveat to this. And sorry to interject, but because you're on a you were on a roll, I want to I want you to keep. Hey, 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 get it, get it, get it. Netflix counts. Two minutes of viewership as full viewing. So 
And and this is totally a game for investors. <laughs> this is totally a stock market play, so that when they release data, the data is bigger than it than it should look. If you watch something for two minutes on Netflix, it's a view. It's a view of the entire well the piece of content, view. which is which is baffling because. I haven't seen any two-minute feature films before. Right, but, but 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 here's the thing: is Maybe that they don't even have there. to I say that. But they don't even have to say of the entire. They just have to say view, and it's they're a, correct. It's a view. It's a view. Yeah. And they're correct, right? It legitimately is a view. Yeah. So it's, it's, <laughs> so it's, it's a game. It's, it's so, a Wall Street. It's a it's a Wall Street game for investor confidence. Yeah. So think to, about to this. Me, and, and to beat back competitors because Disney's doing so well. Right. So Bridgerton, for example. Right. So it's the number one out of the top 10 series, whatever, in the first 28 days for hours watched, which is a caveat. But how do I know how many of those 625 million hours was actually someone watching the entire season or people getting into this like episode one and being like, oh, this is dumb. Right. I watched the first hour, you know, and I'm done. Yeah. But that's an hour. Right. Yeah. It adds up. It adds up. So it's not about the necessarily the quality or anything like this stuff. And again, Bridgerton is going into a second season, which is why I look at it again as part of the game. So why are you releasing that Bridgerton season one was the number one series on Netflix? Oh, because you're promoting series two, which is coming out or season two, which is coming out in 2022. Right. The next one with movies. The number one movie, again, by total view hours in the first 28 days was Bird Box. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did some digging on Bird Box. I'm like, wait a second. So who's the, who, what, was, what was her name again? The, Sandra Bullock. The, oh, yeah. Sandra Bullock. Does she happen <laughs> to have a movie coming out on probably on Netflix in 2022? Yeah. So, again, promoting your folks right by release so it's a game and that's my point it's like why release the data when you're the one who's saying keeping a close hold mm -hmm. right so it's like wake up folks like this isn't just oh my gosh bird box was the number one man sandra bullock is coming out with another movie that movie is likely going to be on netflix so they're blowing her up right now so she can be in the news right oh sandra bullock did you realize that your movie bird box was the number one film on netflix you know, it's like, oh, really? I didn't know. Let's talk about my new movie. Oh, I see how y'all playing the game. And it's, and, and it's the power of owning the entire vertical. Yep. The, so the, the whole kit and caboodle from a data standpoint. So you can have data scientists in there. You can have the data psychologists in there. There you go. Who know how to yep. play on human emotion. And you can own the whole thing. And then you can make your own definitions, right? Like, is a view if so anyone that's familiar with netflix's interface when you click on a show or not click on a show but when you scroll over a show or a movie it plays you a it little starts preview. playing that's right now if i leave that there for two minutes is that a view is that a view uh, you, I, would, I would venture I would guess that it is exactly and, and as an independent filmmaker uh, or or independent filmmakers out there and independent creatives like we are we wish that other streamers would adopt this, but they won't because then they would have to pay us more <laughs> right. to fair market value, but yeah. it works for Netflix because their deals are licensed deals. Yep. 
So they've already paid for it and it's a lump sum or, or they pay it out in, in quarterly checks, but, but in specific oh, amounts, directly. regardless of how many views yeah. it gets, right? Because if it were different, then a view would be an hour or a view would be an hour and a half. It would That's be right. as long as it needed to be to prevent you from coughing up the, the pesos there. So that's, that's yeah. the, the interesting thing about it. And so you own that, you can call a view, whatever you want to call a view. And of course you own the algorithm that can push the content where you want it to go. And then you just hit everybody's, you have all the email addresses so you can hit everybody's email and say, Hey, by the way, the show we sent you earlier today, it's number one. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to be part of the, the, the what society's talking about. That's right. You don't want to be like, and we, like I was saying earlier, we do it to one another and we do it without thinking. Yeah. So when I meet someone who says they haven't seen Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh, we can't be friends. <laughs> and then so deep down, that's that bullshit. Yeah, that but, is 100%. But, but I see that I'm like, Come 100%, on. bro. Or like, like, uh, or like somebody will say, well, I tried, I tried to give it a shot and uh, just a little bit too violent, a little bit too gruesome. Come on. Yeah. Hey. I'm judging already. I'm judging. See? Yeah, you're part of the machine, man. Reducing you. Don't do it. Down to a, a peasant. Just remember that they're, you they're trying to make they're trying to make you're you one, do you're this. You're one of the peasants you're, in Game of Thrones. You're letting them that, control you, Chris. Don't Cersei, let them do it. Cersei punished for your <laughs> insolence. You call the characters' names. Don't do it, bro. Don't yeah. do it. But but we we have to be. But you're right. We have to be cognizant That's of right. how we're doing it to each other, and then say. Is this on merit? Now, with Squid Game, that filmmaker chipped away. You know, short film, short film, short film, feature yep. that made a little money, feature made a lot of money, feature made a lot yep. of money, <laughs> and then Squid Game blew up. Now, you ask the average person, they don't know one person's name in the cast. They don't know anyone who produced it, can't pronounce it. So, right. again, this supports what we always say about it's not really the star system that you need. Don't use that as a crutch as an independent filmmaker. Go make a story that's nine or, or a nine or a ten on a one to ten scale, and be persistent and yeah. consistent. And by the way, be two feet in. Keep making stuff. That's right. right. Keep making shorts. Keep making things, and then something can and will potentially, you know, pop for you. Like yeah. Squid Game, especially if you do quality work. Yeah, if you're doing quality work at five grand. Right. If you're doing quality work at 15 grand, 10 grand, then, you know, someone's going to see that you put it out there. Right. Like, wow, this is what this one, you know, this person can do at this level. And remember, not everybody's a unicorn. Right. Yeah. And a unicorn isn't made overnight. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, being able to do something phenomenal for 5K. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. And getting and making sure that people see it and then do it again. Right. To make sure that they know it's not a fluke. Right. You keep doing that. That's where you need to be. And I think it's, again, with the writer director of Squid Game, that's what it was. Like, like you just mentioned, short, 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 short. And then feature. Right. Made a little money, but made a lot more than shorts did. Yeah. But it, they, he proved himself over time. Not and overnight. That's exactly. And that's what led to Squid Game you know, being picked up. Forget it being a sensation. Right. Because remember, Netflix had to like choose it. Yeah. You know, they didn't know that it was going to be this big. They had to choose it and they had to choose it because there's a track record there. Right. There's a track record of success that they bought into. There's a known, you know, entity 
there. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's the, the, if there's a lesson in there for the indie filmmaker, that's it. Yeah. You know, what a, what a success story. And I love the point you made about not everyone's a unicorn on a recent panel. I spoke about that just a little bit of real talk yeah. for people in attendance, which is that good at this point is pretty common because everyone has become a little director with their phones and content creator and can dance and can entertain, make people laugh in a short period of time. Yep. But it turns out that great is still very, very rare. That's right. And great is, is really the benchmark. And so you have to, to be great, you kind of have to be two feet in and be doing something every single day. And then it just kind of becomes polish and it becomes unusual in the best the key, yeah. In the yep. best possible way. Like, wow, that was really great. That was that had all the the markers of something we've never seen before. So this ability to surprise and amaze and create wonder wonderment with your audience, that's what's rare. And that's what you're working toward. And be patient. Uh, do yep. we have time to talk about this? Very curious Hillman Rising Voices program, or should we save that for another day? We should probably save it. And I, I think the the one thing I'll just say that, yeah, kind of like as a teaser, all right, okay. let's throw it as a teaser, is that it's awesome that some of the major filmmakers of the current time, like Lena Waithe, mm -hmm. are creating opportunities for independent filmmakers. Um, but I also want to say that it's awesome that it is not necessarily unique. Mm -hmm. It's just that maybe people just don't know about them, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the thing. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, a bunch of the ones that I've seen lately, either fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure depending on where you live and what you want to do with your life. Uh, a lot of these I've read, it was like, yeah, you got to be in LA. Yeah. Right. Like we got this residency or we got this program or we got whatever, but Three months, six months, a year, you got to be in L.A., right? And maybe some of them are in Atlanta. Who knows, right? But there is this thing where you're going to have to move, right, for some period of time to be a part of them. Um, but back to this one, I think it's it's pretty amazing that there are these programs. And I think, if anything, folks should be out there looking for them, right? Trying to get your yourself, your film, your project, your idea into these programs. So even though we do strongly believe that there is a gilded cage to Hollywood, we've talked about this before, yeah. right? They're, they're the gates, right? The, these gates of Hollywood that you have to try to get behind. There are several doors, right? And back doors to getting in, you just have to keep your head on swivel. So yeah, with Hillman grad, you know, their program there is, is pretty phenomenal just to bring filmmakers in and, 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 you know, they basically provide funding for two things, right? One is production. The other one is advice, you know, and in the end of the day, I think you're paying more for the advice, the mentorship, the tutelage, all that than you are for the, the content you're creating itself um, because they're short films. But there's a potential that that advice, that mentorship is actually worth its weight, you know, or in, in gold. So. Yeah, the old saying goes, if you want money, ask, ask for, for advice. advice. And if you want advice, 
ask for ask money. For money. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've talked about the sort of gates of Hollywood and there are people in Hollywood that would say, no, that's not true. You just need to have a great product, whatever. I think you have to go through the work of creating relationships so that someone will see your great project and absorb it and pay attention to it because everyone's so busy. Yep. And it's important that people know their history. Uh, when the studio system was created in 1913, their absolute desire was to become a monopoly in an exclusive industry because they were running from Edison. So the Jewish community came in, they were able to get work in the film industry through the Edison Trust, but Edison was charging them a fee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they went west to avoid Edison. And it was D.W. Griffith that went into Hollywood because they were being nice to him about filming. And that's how we got Hollywood. And their absolute original goal was to be an exclusive industry of five studios that blocked out outsiders. So if you're someone in Hollywood that keeps repeating that there's no gate, there's no wall, there's no, there actually is. And that was the original intent from Jump Street. Yes, a lot has changed since then. Yep. And there's more opportunity than ever. But every company that tells its investors to invest in them, their basic long-term story is we're going to be a monopoly in 50 years. So don't worry about it. Movie, yeah. movie yeah, industry is yeah. no different. So, yeah. <laughs> Nick, oh my gosh, this has been a ton of fun again. Yeah, always, You're completely man. hammered. Hey. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, it's like two feet deep. Like I said, it's, it's waist deep at this point, right? But it's all good. You know, I had a good yeah. time. We had a great conversation, lots going on. I want to make sure that we also take some time here, man, to talk about and not necessarily to talk about, right? We're not going to get into it because this is the end, right? We got to shut it down. Otherwise, we'll just keep going. Right. But we got some festivals coming up, man. We do. We, we got to talk about it a little bit. I want to get, actually give some yeah. props to uh, NAF, National Film Festival. I want to thank them for um, the hospitality and the good time uh, during the festival last week. I want to thank Five Stone Studios for having me and by proxy you at their uh, end of festival party. Uh, festival's coming up, Indie Memphis. Indie, there you go. Indie, uh, one of the best independent film festivals in, in the country, in the world, uh, led by the wonderful and uh, incomparable uh, Miriam Bell, who is artistic director there. Also, Knox Shelton, Knox. who is executive director there. We'll right. be there on the 22nd and 23rd. And I'm looking yep, forward it, to And it runs, though, from the, the 20th, 20th to the, the 20th. 20th. Fifth. to the 25th exactly. but they're actually doing something on the 26th as well so yep. there might it might actually run through the 26th if i'm if i'm not mistaken in terms of like the awards the, that they're going to give out and then uh, after that we have uh the arkansas Fayette, fayetteville yep, arkansas Fayette so fayetteville film festival yep november the 11th through the 13th i believe and yep. it'll be the uh, jurors on that film festival uh, in terms of, I guess, short and feature film awards. So yeah, the narratives, narratives. So super excited about that. Did I leave anything out, Nick? Nope. Those are the ones that are coming up that we're, you know, super excited about. And again, I think I, I'm continuing to push, you know, the festivals because, you know, it continues to be festival season. 
right? Like this isn't over. You know, there's a lot of wonderful stuff. There's a lot of great opportunities for filmmakers, you know, in these festivals. Uh, there's going to be the festivals themselves, there's the panels as usual. And, you know, basically big shout out to all the hard work that these folks have been putting in to make this stuff happen. You know, it's it's pretty impressive, pretty awesome. And we're, you know, super grateful and honored to be a part of them. That is absolutely the case. I'm super pumped about it. And it's just been a tremendous year. I cannot believe it's already October. It's crazy. Uh, Mid-October and... This year's almost done, so we have to start thinking about our end of year special and how we're going to sort of summarize and compile all the best interviews and best comments from the year. I mean, the guests have been They're unbelievable awesome, yeah. this year. For sure. And <clears throat> super excited about um, about doing that. But the best is yet to come. We haven't even gotten started. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff in the future with this. We are. This this podcast, this programming, and for this audience that has stuck by us from the beginning. So we thank you as well. And if you want more from us or want to engage with us, there's a couple of ways you can do it. And I won't give the full spiel, I promise. All right. Come on, man. The spiel is <laughs> going to come after in the post roll anyway. But just so you hear it, contact at bonsai.film or social media at underscore bonsai creative so email us at contact at bonsai.film or dm us or reach out to us on social media at underscore bonsai creative you can get to us either way and both are deeply appreciated yep always last but not least certainly do not forget to go to apple Podcasts and rate and review our podcast the combo platter takes about two minutes if you just want to click five stars, I think that's adequate in 2021. Yeah, let's that do it. would be great. That takes you five seconds, somewhere around five seconds. So open that app. Do that for us. We would be eternally grateful for that. And if you want to contribute to this podcast, you can go to bonsai.film forward slash true fans. True fans. Let's and do it. for as low as $5, all the things you spend for $5 that just either most of the things that cost $5 go in your mouth and out your ass <laughs> and you never get to enjoy it again. <laughs> this $5 goes to the is evergreen because right. even if I drop dead and you do too, Nick, please don't let that happen. Universal God. But <laughs> even if that were to happen, the content Lives on. Remains. That's lives right. on. So your $5 is a great investment because, matter of fact, uh, or the fact of matter is, uh, you'll get to enjoy it forever and ever. Amen. Uh, so please do that. Bonsai.film forward slash true fans and contributions start as low as $5. Yep. Nick, give us the credo. Yeah, man, that's it. It's awesome. So filmmakers out there, always remember. Be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right. All right, man. Take it easy. Get you another glass. Oh, for sure. That's going to (laughs) happen. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. 
you now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at Flaming Your Heart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.